This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap. It is Wednesday, it's the 8th of March 2023. Coming up, the big news from Apple, new Sonos speakers, and we meet eSight. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Hey, Sean Priest, how are you today? I am glowing, sir. How are you? You're glowing, are you? Glowing, yes. How many weeks are you now? That's, uh... <laughs> what, the size of my belly? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> You're having a pizza, baby. That's nice. Ah, oh, delicious. pizza, baby. What's your favourite pizza? Um, I have to tell you, right, so once I got a Domino's pizza, this is no word of a lie... Mm. I ordered this Domino's pizza online, and my friend always did the order. Always did the order. And what I decided to do was, my wife and I were having pizza that night. We we thought we'd have one. And she said, well, why don't you just get what you normally get when your friend's over? And I said, well, he does the order. I don't know what he he buys. What do you mean you don't know what he buys? When you eat it, do you not think, oh, this is very nice. It was chicken, right? I like chicken. I love chicken pizza. There you go. Right, well, that's okay. it exactly. Sorry. Right. So I I go onto the website and I'm t- I'm going through the list of all the options that are available, and I'm just like, and I text my friend. I'm like, "What is it you ask for?" And he says, "Oh, it's just chicken." So I said, "Okay, fine." So I put in just chicken, and I go through everything. It says, "You know, do you want tomatoes? No. Do you want cheese? No. Do you want this? No. I just want chicken." Oh, I know where this is going. <laughs> so I get a call from the the local Domino's right, and they're like. Uh, are you sure you just want chicken? And I'm like, yeah, that's what he orders. Every time I do this, he always just buys chicken. And so she's like, okay, fine. So then, about maybe an hour later, however long it is, the, the door, knock at the door. And I opened the door to a rattling box. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And I opened it up, and it's just at the base of a pizza with little little cubes of chicken just rolling around all over it with nothing. And, I, and I'm like, what is this? So I called back the store and I'm like, are you kidding? What is this? And she says, well, that's what you asked for. You said just chicken. Unconfirmed, and I, yes. And then you confirmed, exactly. I spoke to you. You said this is all you wanted. I said, no, but what about the stuff that holds the chicken to the pizza? And she's like, yeah, what that's all the, the other stuff. Yeah, yeah. And no Gordon Ramsay. Well done. Well, that was a question I regret asking immediately. <laughs> I mean, just say ham and pineapple and move on. Thank you. That's a very you good story. You know me only too well to know <laughs> that you cannot just ask a question to me and not no. get a story attached to it. That's just Always the, way it works. the broadcaster. Well done. Absolutely. Um, hey, listen, have you got an air fryer? Oh, yes. And I love them. Uh, we've got two, in fact. And I saw one the other day on uh, a certain well-known online store. I don't know why I'm not saying the name, because we always do. Uh, it was on five easy payments, and I thought, <laughs> I'm having that one because I know that one is smart and it's accessible via the app and obviously the smart speaker. But I forgot about it and didn't get it. So, okay, well, yeah. Uh, m- not as good as your a- story, I admit, but, you know, well, I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> just saying. <laughs> it wasn't a competition, I don't think, but I will say, I think you might have, what's the phrase, won a watch? I think you've won a watch on this one. Okay, so there's oh. a company called Kazori. This is what you're talking about. C-O-S-O-R-I. Yes, Kizori. that's why I didn't say the name because I couldn't pronounce it. Kasori? Yeah, Kasori. Okay. I think that's how you pronounce it. Yes. Well, they're recalling 
a large number of these. Just I'm just letting you know this, really, if you've got one of these at home, because the news is out there that uh, there have been, let's just say, issues. Uh, two million of these have been sold across the US and Canada and uh, some other countries as well. And apparently there is a risk of them bursting into flames. It's not great. So well, as, as a result, the company are, are taking action on this and they are asking people to get in touch and, you <laughs> taking know... Taking action. That's good of them. <laughs> yeah, well, your kitchen to... is ablaze. It's all right, we'll take action on that. Yeah, yeah. Thanks you know, a lot. Just, just call 911. You'll be fine. Be no problem. They'll be right there. Uh, but yes, they are taking action on this. Uh, there is a link. We've put it in our show notes, actually. So if you do have one of those Kazori air fryers, you might want to check the model number if you can and uh, just make sure that you don't have one. Or if you do, they will replace it with one that doesn't burst into flames. That's the good news. God bless awesome. them. No, I know a lot of people have them as well, because as I said, they are the, well, one of the few smart uh, air fryers and, you know, the app or at least controlling it for your smart speaker makes it accessible. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Your dog clearly is is Yeah, he's excited. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's a great story, though, because, you know, it's good to, not a great story, I'm not talking about, let's cut that. It's an interesting story because, of course, a lot of people have been buying air fryers, right? That's the whole thing. Everyone's been buying them recently. So I guess the, the upsell in them is, is obviously drawing attention to any problems that they may have in production. It yeah. seems that in this case, it's a faulty wire that's causing the issue. And it is causing, obviously, the things to burst into flames and has caused problems already. So as yeah, a result, it's a serious problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, Anyway, never mind all that, because I have... Oh, wait. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news, Sean Priest. Yes. Which which one? We've got a couple of breaking newsies. Oh, this is the big one. News I? I don't know what the plural is. Newsy. Yeah. There's a channel in America called Newsy. Do you know that? I honestly thought it was a joke. I thought it was like a kids' TV news channel. Newsy. It's called Newsy. I like it. It's kind of like, you know, it's like, it's, it's not the news, it's just newsy. It's know? news-ish. It's news-ish. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, well, the news is the iPhone's now yellow. Um, okay. Breaking news. Breaking news. <laughs> I mean, really? Discuss. They, they, they I mean, put a press release out about this. They put a press release out saying the new iPhone is out, it's in yellow. Not, no, not a new, I mean, it's just the same one as they've been selling for months now. 14, yes. 14 plus, now available in yellow. I can't think of a worse colour either. Um, I can't yeah. like, quite like the colour idea. I must admit, I like yellow because it's nice and bright. This but- is so strange to me. I, I remember this when we were waiting for the white iPhone to come out all those years ago. And it was, it's like, this is so weird. Why is yeah. it now that the, the colour of something is now really important? And it, it becomes like a hype machine in itself. Yeah, I, This is a weird story to me. I got excited when I, I heard that Apple had you know, announced something. Oh, why, what have they snuck out? A, a mm. yellow, a yellow color. Well, there was talk right. of the new SE four coming out because the, the rumor mill has started again. That apparently, is back in production, and will apparently take the form of an uh, iPhone fourteen design in the new in the new world. Whenever that decides to show up, oh, um, that's cool. I don't know if that's true or not. There was talk of it following the iPhone ten. Maybe someone looked. You know, what I think it is. I think someone went into the stockroom and they're like. How many of these iPhone 10 cases do we have? And they're like, oh, I've got 12. Like, yes. That's not enough. Yeah. How many of the 14s do we have? Oh, 10 million. Oh, well, that'll yeah. do. Just stick all the SE gubbins in there. Well, everyone seems to be you know, wanting the SE. Every generation, oh, the SE is going to be based on that. The SE is going to be based on that. But I, thought, I said the 2022 one wasn't going to happen. 
I was convinced it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. And it did. So, yeah, who knows? 2024, though, isn't it? It's not going to be out this year. I can't, oh, no, I can't see no, why you would no. bring it out this year. No, no. It's too um, soon. I mean, it's funny because you see these articles pop up from time to time in the in the it's like CNET or Mashable or whatever, and they'll say things like, "Oh, the SE, it's time for it to die." And I think, well, you're not really looking at the bigger picture here. There's a lot of reasons why people don't want, you know, to to. I mean, first off, it's it is a budget iPhone. It's a good iPhone. It's yes. not it's not budget in terms of it's a, a worse experience or oh, it's a incredible experience. value for money, right? Exactly. When you think of yes, the processing exactly. Power. Yeah. Yeah. But it is one of those devices that, you know, it, it, if it loses the Touch ID, and I don't think it will, I think it will keep Touch ID possibly in the, maybe the side button. If they're going to go for the iPhone 14 no. design, then it'll probably be in the side button. No. Okay. No. I wish it would. I would love Touch ID to be back. I would love Face ID and Touch ID, but I think we're a few years off that yet. Okay. Do you want some more right. of this? Breaking news. Breaking news. I'm just throwing breaking news at you today. I've become immune to it. I don't mind it now. Okay, so CNN. Sorry. Sonos have announced news. How did they let us get away with this? I mean, how does this get on here? God bless you, Mr. Ridiculous. How do you feel about Sonos speakers? We've talked about, I was going to say Honos. Honos? Yes. Apple and Sonos get together and they have a baby. Honos. That would be weird. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, uh, not that. Uh, but Sonos. <laughs> feelings on those speakers? Have you ever tried a Sonos speaker? Have you ever had one? I've heard yours. That's it. No, of course not. No, no, no. That's not true. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, yeah, you did have one. I sent you one. Didn't you I? sent me one. The little little baby, little the little baby, baby one. Was it one. called the Sonos it was One? A Play One, wasn't it? Play One. Yes. And I've got to say, because it didn't have, you know sort of the smart side built in and you had to mm. play everything through the app. It felt like I was back in the eighties. Um, <laughs> I wasn't that impressed with that one, but that, that being said, the Sonos fives that you had sounded absolutely amazing. Well, they updated the play five recently. I didn't realize this, but there's a new slightly new design for the play five that came out that just appeared out of nowhere. I don't think massive difference internally, which is why they did make a big deal of it. These new ones though, these are a bit different. So you, you've got the new ERA 300, ERA, ERA 300, and ERA 100. Now, the ERA 100 kind of takes the place of, actually takes the place of the Sonos 1, which overtook yeah. the Play 1. Yeah, Because yeah. the Sonos 1 was the one that brought in all the, the smart smarts. side of it. Yes, yeah. voice control, yeah. That's right. Now, all that will continue into this new version of it, the ERA 100, which is priced at $249 US. So I think that's a bit of a up in price by the sounds of it. So I don't think it was as much as that when I, I remember it was one six. Well, maybe it was actually when I think converting to dollars. But anyway, hmm. um, 249 US for the ERA 100. Now, what does it have that's new? Well, it has a new touch control. Oh, dear. Terrible. Oh, dear, dear, yeah. dear. Um, that's going to be a nightmare. Um, stereo sound, which means you don't yeah. have to have two of them. I don't, because that was the whole point, right? You would buy two to get the stereo sound. But it will have stereo sound built into this one, which is interesting. I prefer that over the 360 audio that everyone was screaming about. It's, yeah, I'd rather have stereo stage to it, depending yeah. how wide it is. Yeah, okay. Well, not, it won't be much, I wouldn't imagine. But I will say Sonos, if, if they can... They tend to do it right at Sonos, you know. I have to say, Sonos and Apple, as I said before, I think they've, they've both really got sound just right. Um, 
on yeah. these on these small devices. They really yeah. get some great sound out of them. And the other thing that you'll love is it does have an optional, not built in, but it does have an optional line-in adapter. Uh, mm, okay, I'm slightly confused by that. A line-in adapter. What does it buy? So you can buy an adapter. Do you understand what an adapter is? Yes, I am with you so far. Thank you. I'm following along. Yes. Excellent. Um, so, yeah, you've got the, the line-in adapter. Now, it does say I, – I read this earlier today, and the thing that confuses me here is because the, 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 the larger one, the ERA 300, the higher-end one, it's got an hourglass design, which is kind of interesting. Hourglass design, six Class D digital amplifiers, four tweeters, two woofers. Two woofers. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and a far-field microphone array with beamforming and multi-channel echo cancellation, which they all have now. Yes. Uh, it also has something else that's kind of interesting in the ERA 300, and I think it's also in the 100 as well, but we'll we'll work through this. Uh, USB-C line-in. Mm, now that's interesting. Okay, now the Isn't adapter it? makes sense. Okay. Yeah, so, well, the adapter seems to be for analog, right? But I think these have oh, also got USB built-in as well. Yes, it does actually. Yes, it does. The US the ERA 100 has yes. USB-C line in as well. But you also have the option of the additional line in adapter should you want it. I don't know. What's so Oh, okay. So firstly, what is that line in adapter then? Is that like a two phonos into uh, a Wi-Fi or Bluetooth transmitter? I mean, what what what's it adapting into, or is it into USB? And that USB, well, that, does that that's mean- interesting. Actually, yeah, maybe it plugs into the USB C. Maybe that's what it goes into. But does that USB act as a sound device? Uh, like if you connected it to your computer, say, or would it maybe see an that- upcoming iPhone with a USB C on it? <coughs> yes, but um, would it, it must treat it as an audio device. So it's got its own. Well, that, that makes sense. I mean, you could plug a computer into that. What if you plugged in a pen drive and played MP3 through it? USB-C, would you do that? Oh, flag. Well, you could, you could get USB-C pen drives, yeah. Why, who would do that in 2023? What age are you? What is this, oh, the 1970s? Okay. If you're having a line in, that's the whole point, that you can attach other devices to it. I mean, what if you wanted to attach your vinyl turntable to it? Well, that is one example that they use on this. But there's something else on this that you might quite like. I know you'll be probably quite pleased to hear this. Uh, it will have the 300, and I think the 100 has as well, although I'm not 100% sure of this, it will have Bluetooth. So you'll have the Bluetooth connection as well to this, plus AirPlay 2 as well, so you can I'm go sorry, direct from breaking your... news? It's got Bluetooth. I would expect it to have Bluetooth. Well, no, but That's why like saying this speaker's got tweeters in it. I, no, I expect no, you, it will You have. were critical of that. No, but hang on. You were critical of the HomePod for not having it. I'm saying, well, the Sonos ones do. That's my point. Okay. Well done. I'm quite trying to help uh, people. Honestly. They have AirPlay 2 on it, though. That's quite cool. Okay. Oh, yeah, so you're or, excited by that, but you're not excited by Bluetooth. I'm not excited you complained by it. I'm not excited by it. Moaning no, Bluetooth all day is like it. having USB. That's like saying, oh, my computer's got USB on it. Well, I'd expect it to. <laughs> yes. Yes, I would. Uh, Sonos also announced that it will be adding support for Apple Music's spatial audio feature. Apple Music subscribers can then listen to spatial audio tracks on the ERA 300, as well as the ARC, and the second-generation Beam sound bars starting uh, the 28th of March. This uh, all now, sounds amazing, but I want, I'm want i waiting for that price to drop. Okay, well, I told you the price of the ERA 100, yes. which is $249 US. So for the 300, what do you think you're going to pay? Take a guess. Uh, $799. Really? You think that's okay? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Way too low. 
Oh, oh, of course I am. Okay. No, I'm only kidding. $1,799. I'm only kidding. $449 US. Oh, that's not bad at all. Now, how yeah. big are these things then? Well, it's hard to just. I mean, it's hard to. I can't are they, tell are they picture, squares, but... like bookshelf speakers? I'm thinking of the Play 5s. Well, and not, this, not is, the play this is saying that it, the, the Era 300 apparently could replace the Play 3. So it's kind of, look, they're seeing this as a mm. mid-range, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems to be, from what I can tell anyway, it looks like a very similar design to the Play 5, but it's got this hourglass design, which I don't really understand. I think well, it's I'm an hourglass it, lying, on it, lying on its side. Yeah, that's why I'm thinking for the stereo sound. Yeah. See, yeah, and the two subs as well, either end. Like the Ultimate Ears boom box or whatever it's called. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's interesting. Right, yeah. Uh, Sonos, if you are listening, then uh, we'd love to, you know, take these for a test <laughs> yeah. run. That'll no, be, you're at your home um, pod. You're not getting any more. No, I'm just saying. I'm, yeah, I'm just... Uh, now, listen, as you well know, I've been ranting a bit this week. Oh. And uh, let's just say people have noticed. And Uh-oh. Felix has got in touch and he thinks... Oh, he thinks... I didn't go far enough. Hi, Dazzlepeppers. <gasps> just commenting on Monday's episode where Stevens had that massive rant about that Twitter post and all that lovely business. It really adds my views, really. Um, yes, um, we need to try and change the way we are within our community. You know, there seems to be uh, people who, um, you know, feel like they may not necessarily feel like they're above others, but they just look down on other and I feel like in some ways you didn't go far enough when you're putting this up because I know you're covering one specific thing that you'd seen, but other thing that I've seen that I find really irritating is also um I me personally I was asking for help so I'd got into draw scripting and I was trying to learn how to do it so I could make my own scripts because sometimes I didn't, I didn't always have the money and all the rest of it. And I have done some coding in the past got stuck somewhere, asked in various forums, and all I seemed to get was, oh, well, just, um, you just, you, you need to keep reading, it's in there. I'm like, well, what do you, where? I've obviously looked in the um, instruction manual, I can't find what I'm looking for, or at least when I'm uh, coding something, it's not coming up. Oh, well, you know, it, it's in there, so that's what I have to say. You can just say you don't know. Equally, when you ask someone something, they will be like, oh, just learn. What do you mean, just learn? We're all learning all the time. You know, why Why do you need to be like that? You can, like I said, just say you don't know. Or think of a way I could, you could help me learn by pointing to various resources that are available. Um, and I find that, that, you know, people who are like that, I don't, I don't really know why they're like that. Or whether, it is, whether or not they're having a bad day, or I, I don't know. But it's just, uh, it seems to happen a lot in our community, and it needs—it really needs to, to stop. Because after all, we're all in the same boat. We all have maybe you know different. Well, we may have different um, levels of vision or other needs, but we're all human beings, and we're all different. So that's what makes us. Um, that's what makes special. And one of us, you know, <laughs> an individual. If we're all the same. In the world we boil, wouldn't it? So. This just my view on that. Uh, good show as always, guys, and uh, keep up the good work. This has been Felix. Bye for now. So what I get from that email, or that voicemail, I should say, is yep. that I'm right about everything. That's yep. that's what I take away from that. Yep, thank you, Felix. Great email, except you're voicemail. telling Stephen Scott he hasn't gone far enough. I, I want mean, to do better next time. You wait, <sighs> you wait till Monday. I think no, it's not going to become a thing. It's not to build up Monday. over the weekend. It ramps me up. You see, I have Sunday off. 
so I get a chance to, you know, re-energize. It yes. allows me to ramp up on hate. <laughs> oh, good. What a great thing. Well done, you. <laughs> Happy Sunday, everyone. Um, listen, uh, Alan McDonald, of course, he was on the show talking Sonos and HomePod the other day. He's just emailed in as well. He says, has Sean seen this announcement about the Era 300? Well, he has now. Um, having just read through it, he says, the specs sound like a Sonos clone of the HomePod to me with the option to connect two units as a stereo pair, but with the caveat of having both Bluetooth and aux line inputs as well. That's the ERA 300. There's also the ERA 100, which unsurprisingly will be more like the HomePod Mini. So there you go. That's the comparison right away from Alan Yeah, absolutely that. right. Yeah, absolutely. It's just on the audio quality, isn't it? And being Sonos, as you said, they are the, the big hitters in there along with Apple. So... Yeah, no, I totally agree. These are very interesting products and an interesting price from Sonos as well. I always thought they were just out of my league all the time. Well, speaking of products that might surprise you in regards to price, <laughs> coming up, uh, and I will say this is a bit different, but we are uh, going to be talking next to uh, a man who is uh, part of a director of marketing, actually, for eSight in Canada. And we've I don't think we've ever had anyone on from the, from that company before on the show. I know we've talked to people about eSight, yeah. I don't think anyone's ever been on from the company. No. But today we get the chance to find out about the product. And I actually had this conversation yesterday, so it was just myself. Sean couldn't make it because what were you doing again? Something else? Something boring. incredibly important and exciting, I'm sure. Relevant to your existence on this planet, wasn't it? Yes, yes. It was a hospital appointment. I'm sorry, I couldn't make it. Well, what that's can I say? Good. Why could you not do it from the hospital? They've got Wi-Fi in there. Okay, I'll get onto the NHS immediately. Okay, yeah. sorry about that. Could you set you up for the studio? I'll bring my laptop with me in the ambulance. Yeah, yeah they've okay. got theatres. That's big. <laughs> you know, they could just sit you in there. It's always quiet, isn't it? Air conditioning. Uh, too much reverb. Couldn't do it. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Can you put some acoustic foam up, please? Screaming. Um, so, <laughs> um, but yes. Uh, what was I talking Sorry. about? Yeah, so um, Sean wasn't with us. That was yes, the point, yes. 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 And uh, so Sean wasn't with us for the interview, but uh, I did get the chance to speak to Roland Matan, uh, who is coming up next, and he's going to be talking about the product. I'd be really interested to hear your thoughts tomorrow on this, Sean, because I think you know this product has seen a massive price difference, and we'll talk about that in the interview. We're also going to talk about a new product coming called the eSight Go, and it was kind of premiered at CES, but as you'll learn with the interview today, that it's not really final yet, so they're still working on it. But apparently it will be the successor to the eSight 4. And we'll talk about that and why it's different and why some people might want to maybe hold off. I mean, he's not saying that. I'm saying that. But um, I would, I think you might want to hold off once you, once you hear this interview. But anyway, that's on the way next. So um, I'll catch you tomorrow, Sean. We'll let you go because Glorious. you actually did go Half and a day. leave me <sighs> to do the interview on my own. Well done. You do a good job. Well done, you. I'll hold the fort. And uh, yeah, up next, Roland Matan joins us to talk all things Eastside. Really interesting conversation next on Double Tap. Follow Double Tap on social media at Double Tap On Air and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts and email us feedback at doubletaponair.com. We'll be right back. This is Double Tap. Now, back to the show. And today on the show, I'm so glad to say we are talking about a Canadian company that we've uh, talked about quite a bit, actually, on the show over the years, but I don't think we've ever had anyone on from the company. And the company I'm talking about is eSight. Roland Matern is with us. Hello, Roland. How are you? Good morning. I'm very well. Thank you. 
Uh, well, welcome to Double Tap. I think this is your company's first time on our show. So uh, welcome to it. Well, thank you very much. It's an absolute pleasure uh, to be able to participate today. So for people who don't know about eSight, and I'm sure that's not a lot of people, to be fair, um, but I always like to start off by, by never assuming anything, Roland. <laughs> so, you know, I think it's always good to find out a bit about the company, a bit about you as well, and also, you know, your products. So to tell us a bit about eSight and the technology and yourself as well. Sure. So maybe I'll start with the history of eSight, because it's got a really neat uh, corporate history story. So the, our founder, his name was Conrad Lewis. And he was an electrical engineer based in Ottawa, Canada, our nation's capital. And both his sisters were afflicted by Stargard's disease, which is a juvenile form of uh, macular degeneration. So both his sisters lost their central vision quite early on in life. And he was inspired to find a solution to allow sisters to see again. And that was sort of the the nexus of of uh, of eSight. So he tinkered in the basement with a variety of ideas and eventually came up with the concept that is now uh, our current product, eSight 4. So it's a, it's a really neat story of inspiration. And it's also the only product in the market that's specifically designed for this purpose. There's a number of products out there. They, are, they all have their place in the market, uh, but they have taken existing technologies and using software kind of modified their their original purpose. But eSight is uh, purposefully engineered to uh, help enhance the vision of people with central vision loss. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting to learn about this because I I tried eSight years ago. I can't remember which version it was. It may have been eSight 3, I think it was. And I remember trying it. Now, I have to say for me, and I put it out there, uh, you know, you won't know me that well, Roland, but, you know, I, I have very little vision left. So for me, there's not a lot to get back, if you know what I mean. So there's not a huge yeah. amount that eSight could do for me, but that's irrelevant because there are lots of people who can benefit from it. And that's why I wanted to to talk to you about it. And it's interesting to me because it's such a brilliant idea. The, the concept is, is excellent. And, you know, like you say, other companies are doing similar. I don't know if they're doing the same, though. What you seem to do is is a little bit different, and certainly in terms of design. Talk us through that, because I think the hardware design here is what really separates it from, from the crowd. Yeah, I mean, there's a number of kind of things we want to accomplish um, from an objectives perspective in our design. And the first one is, of course, we want to give um, you know the best possible visual acuity for the individual. And like you said, it doesn't work for everybody. But if you're sort of between 20, 70, 20, 80 uh, visual acuity and worse, all the way up to 2,800 central vision loss, but your peripheral vision is 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 good, um, you have a very good shot at, at uh, being helped by, by eSight. And the way that technology works is there's a camera that picks up the visual stimulus that uh, your eye can no longer perceive or process because the macula is damaged. And it takes that image, runs it through a software algorithm, and now you can manipulate the image with magnification, with color filters, with contrast, brightness, all those things to kind of optimize the image uh, for you to stimulate the remaining photoreceptors. Uh, and then it projects that image onto two OLED screens, one in front of each eye. And the wearer uses their peripheral vision or the parafoveal vision and any central vision that may still be viable to process the image just like any other uh, vision. Uh, and then the, the way our users describe it, when they 
dial in the settings, the blind spot simply shrinks away. And in many cases, they get back to reading 2020, they recognize faces. Uh, so it has a tremendous impact on the individual's ability to complete the tasks of daily living. And the other thing where we are unique is we really focus on mobility. So many devices are VR goggle-based. They work very well for sedentary tasks like watching TV or reading. But if you want to you know, walk around, uh, that's not an option to you because your peripheral vision is completely blocked. And of course, that's what you use to navigate. With our product, uh, it doesn't block the peripheral vision at all. So you can ambulate with it. You can walk through the mall, the, uh, you know, the, uh, around town, the park, uh, and safely use your peripheral vision to navigate. And when you need to read or a street sign or a food label or whatever, uh, you can just glance up into the into the monitors and see what's there. And we have unique patented technology called Bioptic Tilt, which allows you to tilt the visor up slightly to be able to do, to do that, it's almost like a reverse bioptic. Uh, and of course, if you're sitting at the, at the computer or reading or watching a movie or a live event of some sort, you have the visor full-time in front of your eyes and you, you're just watching the monitors uh, and that's what enhances your vision. And then the third thing that we really are are proud of is uh, we've created a product that's very comfortable to wear. Many of our users uh, wear it all day in, in a work or a school environment, or if they're out and about or watching a play. And so between the comfort, the optimized visual acuity, and uh, the ability to be completely mobile with it, we really have a wonderful product for our patients. Going back to your point about how much vision someone can essentially get back, and it's very, it, it's, it's a very difficult phrase that isn't it to use because you're you're not giving people vision back. What you're Correct. doing is you're utilizing what's left. Correct. Is, is that Correct. A, a better way to, or is that the right way to put it? Because that, I, th- I think exactly a lot of people right. get confused by it, don't they? They think, oh, this this is going to give me vision back, but it, and it kind of does if you're so, within the, the the parameters of being able to yeah. use this. Yeah, I mean, we, we do have to be careful. We don't restore vision. Yeah. So that is absolutely correct. So the way the technology works is it takes that central image that the eye is no longer processing because the photoreceptors are damaged and takes that and projects it onto uh, the peripheral retina or parafoveal retina where the photoreceptors still function. So you're using the photoreceptors that still function to um, see an image that's in the center of their view. Um, and your brain just sort of uh, neuro adapts and goes, oh, this is a central image and sort of overlays uh, the blind spot. So, um, you know, it's it's sort of like eccentric vision, but it's not. How does it do it? Is it is, is this, does, do you class this as a medical device in that regard? It is a medical device, absolutely. It's registered with FDA uh, and Health Canada, and we're CE marked uh, for uh, for the European market. And does that mean that it's it therefore has to be not prescribed necessarily, but if you're buying it, a, an ophthalmologist or someone from a medical sort of background has to, to to fit this for you? I'm just thinking about the way you're describing the way the image is projected onto the parts of the eye that work. That is going to be different for everybody, isn't it? Uh, correct. So uh, it's not so much fitting the device to be able to use it, it's uh, learning about what settings work for you. So the the most impactful adjustment uh, that you use uh, is magnification. So that's the big one. But for reading, you have a number of color filters. So 
some people prefer black on white or white on black or yellow on blue or blue on yellow. It just makes it easier for them to uh, to see the um, the page. So you can use color filters to manipulate things. So think of it of, of like a CCTV. So anything a CCTV could do, this can do, but it's always with you. So you're not carrying a uh, you know a CCTV around trying to trying to see what what Uber license plate uh, you're identifying or reading <laughs> a food label when you're out and about. Yeah. Um, so hoping that that answers your question. Yeah, no, it does. And I think, you know, for, for people, it's, I was just about to ask you about this because, of course, there's the other side of this, which is people would say, well, I could just get an electronic magnifier to do the same. I mean, I think we can set, definitely set it apart from traditional magnifiers, of course, because it gives you yep. all those extra features. But, you know, this is something you can wear, you can take with you wherever you go. And it, it's interesting because, of course, it allows us to become more independent. A lot of people, I, I, I don't know how... You, what your experience is, I know from my own experiences, and for people, for a lot of people I talk to, once you lose vision, your life does start to get a little bit. You, you tend to stay indoors a bit more. Let's put it that yep. way. And yep. going out can be more of a challenge. It can be a bit more nerve wracking. I've been talking about this on on the show for the past few weeks. You know, I just feel that you know there comes a point where you you do start to feel a bit like a hermit. You know, you're in the house, you will not leave. And, you know, that's not good for anybody. These kind of devices sure. can help, I guess, just to, to give people back, not just the ability to read, as you say, but to do a lot more, to be more independent. A hundred percent. So um, I'll pick up on, on two points here. The first one you mentioned was the handheld magnifier. So, yes, you can use a handheld magnifier. And we actually encourage our users to carry one as a backup, you know, in case um, your battery runs out, as an example. Of course, yeah. Um, but when you're using a handheld magnifier, whether it's for you know to you your phone or a book or whatever you're trying to see, you ha- still have whatever you're trying to see really close up to your eye. So uh, one of our users told us a story uh, where opening mail used to be, he'd take the magnifier and you know look at the envelope really close to see who it was from. Then he'd put the magnifier down, open it, and so it's this <laughs> arduous process. Whereas with eSight. Uh, you sit like a, a normal individual, like a sighted person would, at you know, at your table or your desk, and you can read the envelope. You can your hands are free; you're not holding anything. You can pick up uh, whatever device you're using to open up the envelope, uh, stick the envelope open, open it up, and then it'll take your page out and 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 read it like, you know, like you would if you when you're sighted. Um, once you have your your zoom and, and and contrast settings set up, which of course becomes second nature, so it makes everything much easier. So, could you read a food label in the grocery store uh, with your handheld magnifier? Of course, you could. But with eSight, you're walking down the aisle. You you see the section you want to uh, uh, you want to shop in. You grab the product. You see the you can read the prices. You can read the food label. It's much. It's just much more integrated into your desired activities. And he also mentioned, you know, staying at home more. So one of the unfortunate side effects of that is there's more and more social isolation. Uh, when people first get diagnosed, there's a lot of anxiety. And the data published on the mental health burden uh, for individuals who have lost or are losing uh, their vision, it's tremendous. It's very, very... yeah sad uh, how many people are so negatively impacted uh, by this just from a mental perspective and you know our hope is that by giving people that mobility that ability to get out of the house to see uh, and recognize faces when you're talking to people all those little things that you know someone like myself really takes for granted at the end of the day uh, will help to to lessen that that burden 
for the individuals who are afflicted by the by the vision loss. Well, yeah, anything that gets us out and moving. I mean, I say this, and I'm fantastic at giving other people advice, Roland, not so good at taking it for <laughs> myself. Um, but it, it is a really interesting product. And, of course, the design you talked about, I want to pick up on something that one of my listeners said a few years ago who got in touch with this program to tell me about their experience of it. Because a, a lot of people would think walking down the street with a device like this might be a little bit, unusual people might stop and stare i don't know i i find with you with a white cane or a guide dog most people stop and stare anyway so i don't think it makes much difference but the person who got in touch with me said that they felt it was brilliant because they got lots of people stopping them they had really interesting conversations and children thought they were the coolest people ever and i just really liked that comment because it kind of made me feel yeah you know what let's embrace this stuff right look this technology is it to, to a lot of people not just to kids, but to anybody, it looks very futuristic. I mean, you know, especially nowadays with technology like the Oculus, uh, the new, is it the Oculus Quest Pro 2, which in my mind is a similar looking device in some ways. It's, you know, a head mounted device and, you yeah. know, again, really cool. And everyone wants to, you know, wear these and, and use them for all kinds of things. And that brings me to my next point that you can do a lot more than this with this than just reading and, and just magnifying there's a lot more you can do right so you know for example 100%. watching television tell us about the, the things you can do there i mean think of all the activities uh that you'd want to do from you know reading tv you know live theater shows or sporting events uh, you can do all those things you can, we, keep, we always say you can do two things you can do everything but two things you, you can't drive with it and you can't swim with it so you can swim with it, but it won't last very long. Has, is, is that, has that changed? Because I, I read somewhere, maybe this was a myth, I don't know. I'm sure I read somewhere years ago in America somewhere, there was some state that allowed people to drive with the eSight. So not with eSight. Uh, there are states in the U.S. where you can drive uh, with a mounted telescope on your glasses. Ah. But with, right. um, with eSight, one of the things, of course, you're doing is you're manipulating the magnification. And as you magnify to allow you to see better, your field of view also gets smaller. So for driving, you, you know, you, you have a pretty narrow field of view, which which would be risky. Uh, and of course, because electronic, if the battery were to die while you're driving, there goes your vision. So um, there are no electronic devices that are that will allow you to drive, at least not yet. But uh, you know, the thought of of people driving with a telescope mounted on their their glasses, uh, I find a bit scary myself as yeah. well. Yeah, I mean, uh, especially. I so mean, any, the ideal solutions probably better ideal. to find a driver or an Uber uh, <laughs> and get there safely. Yes, absolutely. But anyway, yes, I, I interrupted you. Tell tell us more about the the features you were telling me about. Yeah. So. Um, Again, use cases. I mean, there's so many stories uh, I could tell, but, you know, one of our advocates, um, he was somebody who had his pilot's license and had an RV and motorcycles and was very outdoorsy, a fisherman, a woodworker. And when he lost his vision, before he discovered Eastsight, he really became um, a bit of a introvert because all the things he'd love to do, he, he could no longer do. And when he discovered Eastsight, you know, he's gone back to everything, but but that driving and, and and flying part of his his life, but he, he runs a full wood shop. Now we don't recommend that, but he still has all ten fingers. Uh, he, he it's amazing <laughs> the things he does in his wood shop. But we have people uh, that enjoy Broadway shows again, or watching their grandkids play hockey or soccer. Um, all those things that day to day that sighted people just 
do because that's what they do. Um, and perhaps if you have lost your, your vision, you have stopped being able to do, you can go back to, you know, I won't say all of it, but 95% of it. It, it really is amazing the things that people have gone back to, including uh, we have one user, it's actually a user story on our website where um, she injects herself uh, daily, I assume it's for diabetes. Um, and she was looking at uh, moving into an assisted living scenario because she couldn't drop her medicine or, or, or read the labels. And with eSight now, she's back to living on her own independently. So um, that independence is probably the biggest benefit. No matter what you want to do, you can do it independently and pursue your hobbies and your passions um, and, and not be impeded. And um, it just takes a bit of, you know, a bit of courage to to wander out of the house and just start doing things. And step by step, you'll you'll discover that, you know, you can do just about anything you want to do. And the trick is just to figure out, okay, what settings is the best for this scenario or that scenario? And that becomes second nature pretty quickly. Uh, we have users that travel independently across North America. You know, they get dropped off at the airport. They navigate the airport all by themselves. They're able to read the departure boards and the uh, the gate information. and and fly wherever they want to go. So that independence piece is it can't be understated. It's it's really tremendous. But am I right in saying you can also plug devices into this as well? So you know, if I wanted to sit and watch Netflix on it, I could do that too. Correct. So the eSight Four has a mini HDMI plug, so you can plug your computer into it. And so now the the glasses have become your your monitor, and all the software uh, that's on the device can now manipulate the monitor. Uh, same with your television. You can also mirror your iPhone into it or mirror the, the glasses onto your iPhone. Uh, so you can share what you're seeing with whoever you're with um, and you can see what's on your phone uh, through the glasses as well. So you have the option of, you know, as an example, watching TV through the camera or feeding the TV right onto the monitors, um, depending on what your, your preferred and more optimized situation is. Okay, so I've put down Roland Matern on my checkbook here. Uh, how much am I... How much am I paying you for this? This is the question everybody wants to know. How much does this cost? Yeah, so uh, in the U.S., um, the retail price uh, is six thousand nine hundred and fifty dollars. Um, in Canada, it's eighty-seven fifty Canadian, and then uh, we have distribution across um, several countries around the world. Uh, and the local pricing, you'd need to check with the um, local distributor, but it'll probably be somewhere around seven thousand dollars U.S. equivalent. Okay, now that's that's about. I remember looking at. I'm sure it was the Eastside Three, and it was double that price at that it time. Was. Yeah, so the Eastside uh, Three start life at fifteen thousand dollars US. I mean, it's not often yeah. you get a surprise. I mean, I know, and it is a lot of money, and I know people are, will be immediately taking to their keyboards to say, "Come on, Stephen, seven thousand dollars." But look, I mean, yes, first off, it has halved in price. What's caused that? What what's brought the price down when everything else in the world seems to be going up? Yeah, I mean, uh, certainly electronic uh, componentry has gotten less expensive than, you know, 10 years ago. Things are getting smaller. Production numbers are, are going higher. So it's just those efficiencies of technology um, that's allowing us to to bring the, the, the price down. And we work very hard to, you know, you know, I'm not an engineer, but simplify the circuitry required um, for these type of technologies. So having said that, um, the supply chain um, issues of the last couple of years due to COVID has certainly been a challenge for us. Yeah. But so far, we've been able to maintain the price at the, the $7,000 mark. 
And is there a plan to bring that price down? I mean, obviously, there's always a, a, an attempt to make this more available to more people. And when it comes to specialist technology, sure. especially medical tech, that is, is certainly the case. In Canada, are there any programs that can assist people to get a device like this? There's one province in Western Canada, uh, Alberta, which does have it on its list where they provide a stipend every five years towards this type of technology, not necessarily specifically for eSight, but these type of technologies, assistive technologies. Um, that's the only one in Canada. Um, we do have a number of um, charitable organizations that support uh, users. Uh, we also have in the U.S., uh, we are fully covered by Veteran Affairs. So for uh, veterans who can be helped by our device, they have a 100% coverage uh, for this device uh, through their facilities. Uh, and on occasion, private insurance has covered it, but that's uh, very few and far between. So I'd be a little bit misleading if I said private insurance covers it per se. Uh, in the U.S., we also have financing available through third-party financing, which gets uh, the price down uh, quite significantly to make it much more affordable. And we're working on that in Canada as well, although we have not found a, a partner in Canada yet. Okay, interesting. And well, that's, again, another way to do that. And that's very interesting about Alberta. Uh, now, I want to ask you before we go about eSight Go, because this is one I heard about recently. Uh, I think it was, I, I'm, maybe it wasn't the first time it was previewed, but I certainly heard about it at CES this year, mm-hmm. at the yeah. Consumer Electronics Show in Vegas. What What is that? Yeah, so CES was uh, the official I guess, unveiling of the next generation uh, product. So we anticipate having that in the market uh, late 2023. So it's still in the R&D phase. Uh, we're still managing uh, software tweaks and doing a lot of user testing for the upcoming uh, months to ensure that it's optimized and ready for market. But the eSight Go is so the next generation eSight uh, where we've really tried to, again, reduce the scale of the device. So you mentioned uh, the eSight 4. Um, looking you know kind of futuristic and that is certainly true but for some individuals it's a bit too um not subtle i guess is the way to phrase yeah, it yeah yeah i agree yeah. there's wearing uh wearing a device where everybody looks at you and says hey what what is that that you're wearing yeah um and the east side go we've really made efforts to make it look uh, like a set of glasses, so a pair of large sunglasses. Uh, and the way we've done that is the basic technology, the concept is the same. Uh, but for example, we have removed the battery out of the device and you wear it around your neck. So it's called a neck battery pack. Ah. So that, of course, that decreases the weight and so now you, and, and reduces the size. So now you can have a, a package that's, that's more like a set of glasses. So for cosmetic um, purposes, it's more subtle. But functionality-wise, you're in essence using the same concept and technology uh, to give you that vision enhancement. And do you anticipate that you'll continue to sell eSight 4 and eSight Go, or is this a replacement unit? Yeah, in the short term, we'll have um, a portfolio um, between the eSight Go and eSight 4. Um, But I would imagine uh, just because of the uh, feel and quality and subtle nature of the eSight Go, it's going to start dominating uh, the landscape, and and eSight Four probably will will fade just because the sales will will fade uh, in comparison to eSight Go. Okay, and have you got an idea on price on that yet? 
So we haven't finalized uh, the retail price yet. As I said, we're still working on software and optimizing the product. So we don't have our final costs yet. But the objective is to have the retail price of Eastside go below that of uh, Eastside 4. Very interesting. I think a lot of people are interested in that now. You see, this this is the thing, Roland. You just keep saying the price gets lower and people get interested. But, you know, look, let's be honest. This is a device which can help a lot of people. It won't help everybody. And we do have to stipulate that. And and I guess for people, I guess my question is for people in Canada, specifically who are listening to this, who are looking for um, this, they think might be a solution to them. What can they do? Because obviously you don't want to pay that money out to find out it doesn't work for you. Is there a trial period? Does someone come and see you? How does it work? Absolutely. Uh, We've actually set up a great program. We're very proud of it. We call it um, eSight Telehealth. And the way it works is we've been trying to partner um, more and more with uh, clinics, ophthalmology and uh, optometry clinics, and they can actually refer patients uh, directly to us through our telehealth. And what happens is they provide us the contact information with the person's permission, of course. Then we reach out, we make an appointment with them, we ship them a device to their home, and uh, we set them up with one of our uh, specialists, one of our coaches, and they'll do kind of an unboxing and teach them how to use the device. Usually takes about an hour, give or take. And then they talk about the goals that they have for what they want to do with this type of a device. And they give them some things to, to do. And they actually keep the device for several days in their home so they can give it a, a real good evaluation and make an informed decision because it is, it is an investment. It's not a, uh, you know, it's not a $5 product. So they get a true real world evaluation of the product before they make a decision to purchase or not. And with a uh, referral from the clinic, we actually waive the shipping and handling charge. If someone were to come at us just through a website as a, as a consumer, uh, we do charge shipping and handling. Uh, just because it's a, it's an expensive entity, we want to make sure it comes back in in one piece. Um, yeah. But then, if they do decide to buy, that goes towards their purchase as well. So it's a great way that people can um, you know trial the device uh, in a real world environment, in their home environment, in situations where they want to see the benefit uh, before they make a, a purchase decision. And that's available uh, in U.S. and Canada as a service. Really, really interesting, Roland. Thank you so much for coming on and telling us about eSight. Uh, give us the website address uh, again so people can find it and uh, information on how people can find out about this product worldwide. Sure. Our website is www.esighteyewear.com. And there's great information on there under the resources tab. There's lots of user stories people can check out for, you know, from firsthand testimonials from our users. There's information um, on the telehealth program uh, for healthcare professionals. So any healthcare professionals who are out there who like to engage with us, they can learn about how to do that on there as well. Uh, they can contact eSight, both the consumer and the healthcare professional can contact us via the website. There's lots of forums um, that they can utilize to get a hold of us. So um, we'd love to hear from everybody. Brilliant. Uh, Roland Matan from Eastside, thank you so much for coming on to Double Tap today. That was really interesting. Thank you. It was my pleasure. That's it for today. Thank you for listening as always. Keep your feedback coming. I'm sure you'll have plenty to say after hearing that. Get in touch. Feedback at doubletaponair.com or you can call and leave a voicemail on one 803 4567 We'll catch you back here tomorrow. 
Love Double Tap? Did you know we're on the TV too? Check out brand new episodes of Double Tap TV on AMI-tv every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Or binge on all episodes online at ami.ca forward slash Double Tap. We're also on YouTube. Search for Double Tap to catch our episodes there too. Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider.